Welcome to the Rock Christian Church Podcast. Today's message is The Tenth Leper by Mark Patch. Words are your words and not mine, Lord, that you will use these words to your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Israel. Nice job, you guys. So the question is, do you seek just healing or do you seek to be made whole? In Luke 17, 11 to 19, if you want to follow it in your Bibles, there's a story, it starts, now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus travelled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. So first of all, you've got to ask yourself, why if Christ was travelling to Jerusalem, would he be going via such a circuitous route? Why would you go along the border between Samaria and Galilee? And as he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. And when he saw them, he said, Go, show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, notice it doesn't say that he had yet got to the priest. When he saw that he was healed, came back. Praising God in a loud voice, he threw himself at the feet of Jesus and thanked him. And then it makes an interesting comment. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And then he said, rise and go, your faith has made you well. Oddly enough, Luke is the only gospel that reports on the curing of the ten lepers. Leprosy was a disease in biblical times that the Jews believed was caused by God for the punishment of some particular sin. In fact, more than other diseases, it was considered to be a mark of God's displeasure. The term leprosy was a generic name given to various skin diseases, the worst of which, of course, was that which might make you lose fingers and toes and be dismembered for life or until your death. Now, under the Levitical law given to Moses... This leper that came back to Christ, his only companions for some time potentially would have been men in exactly the same state as himself. All his conversations would have been with men as wretched as he was. He, like them, bore the disfiguring marks of this cruel disease, neither him nor his friends were permitted to visit their families. Unemployed, they depended on the handouts of friends and sympathetic people, those walking by. There was no cure, no medicine, no ointment, no doctor. Their only hope 
would be that the disease might somehow eventually burn itself out, their sores would go smaller and simply become scars on their skin. Then, and only then, could they go to the priest and show their body to him. His role would be that of a local health inspector who could then announce at the next synagogue meeting that the man had finally recovered from his leprosy and was being allowed to return to his family and live in the village again. Lepers longed for that day. It was no life for them in utter isolation from human contact other than with their own kind. So it's an interesting encounter that these ten lepers should encounter Christ. What it shows is that multiple people can have the very same encounter with God but can be affected in very different ways. Whilst ten people encounter Jesus in a powerful way, only one really leaves with all that God had intended for all ten. Now in meeting Jesus, this leper realised perhaps that he'd met a unique combination of humility and authority that he just would not meet anywhere else. An astonishing union of tenderness and toughness. One moment he's cuddling babies, the next moment he's confronting rulers. One moment he's lying exhausted and asleep in a boat as a storm rages. The very next moment he's telling that storm to be quiet. One moment he's weeping at the grave of his dead friend Lazarus. The very next he's ordering death itself to release his friend that he might live again. One moment he's on his knees like a slave washing other people's dirty feet. The next he's their Lord and Master. Jesus feels our weakness. He feels our pain. He understands the poverty of humanity and at the same time he is able to unleash the power, healing and abundance of God. He is indeed unique. He's come in humility but he claims he will come again to judge all of the world but this time in power and in glory. He doesn't have a home and yet he strides through God's temple with a whip in his hand reforming it. You'd think he owned the place. He doesn't have a penny to his name and yet he talks as if the whole world is his. Could even the least human be more humble or more vulnerable? Could even Almighty God be greater or more powerful? What else could this leper think except that Jesus must be completely human and at the same time fully God? As we read Luke's account of the event, we're transposed into this scene and you're able to experience Jesus as he walked the earth. We enter for a short time his life and he, as is always the case, enters ours. We experience his remarkable effect on people, whether they met him for a couple of hours or potentially just a few minutes. It was enough for people to realise that Jesus was like nobody they'd ever met before. 
He welcomes all kinds of people regardless of who you are, man or woman, grandparent or child, fisherman or farmer, priest or prostitute, soldier or rebel, cop or criminal, ruler or slave, rich or poor, educated or illiterate, healthy or a leper, religious or rotten, sensible or demon-possessed. He welcomed them all warmly and anyone who wanted to be with him and to know him better. He never hints that he's too important or too busy or too good for any of them, however poor, however sick they might have been. So Jesus had told these 10 lepers to go, to walk away, but they're walking away different people from when they first met him. Depending on how progressed their disease was, these men had been isolated from society for potentially a long, long time. In many respects, the 10 lepers were very much alike. All of them were afflicted with this dreadful disease. All of them were determined to do something about it. All of them had heard about Jesus and believed that he might be able to cure them. Well, at the very least, he will take pity on them, unlike many others who walked by them. All appealed to Jesus, acknowledging him as master or rabbi. All in obedience to Christ's command, proceed on their way to the priest. And as a result, all of them are healed. But at this point, the similarity ends. So I wonder if one leper returned and we had the opportunity to have a conversation with that one leper, I wonder what he would say. Why was he the only one of ten to return to Christ? I reckon the first thing he would say is, was that Jesus saw my pain when no one else did. We don't deal with leprosy that much in the Western world today, but these ten men were gathered together in community, not because of their race or their beliefs, but because of their pain and their disease. A diagnosis of leprosy was the beginning of a long, drawn-out journey to death in biblical times. But it wasn't just a physical death for them, it was also a cultural death and a social death. And whilst the physical death may take some time to come about, the social and cultural death was immediate. On receiving a diagnosis, they were immediately exiled from their town and they were sent to live on the outside of the town's walls. So here's Jesus coming along this road. And he comes across these lepers. They were required by law to hold up a sign and to yell for everybody to hear, unclean, unclean, so that nobody would make the mistake of approaching them. If you think of all the restrictions that we've had to abide by during COVID, all put together, and they were imposed on you, but nobody else, you start to get an idea of the life these men led. Isolated from their families and communities for long periods of time at government direction. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? 
So their primary identity, like us, if we were suffering COVID, was their uncleanliness, their disease, their sickness. Jesus would certainly not have been the first person to walk by them. He was headed to Jerusalem to a major festival. He was on a road where most of the people from the eastern hemisphere of the world, as they know it at the time, they would have walked right past these ten men. But like you and I and perhaps the culture that we now have, as we walk past the homeless in the street, they would have seen these men some way off and started to veer away from them. They didn't want to have a conversation with ten lepers. Just like we don't necessarily want to have a conversation with the homeless person that's lying on the street. They're not cruel. Just like us, they're doing what their culture has taught them to do. So they move as far away from them as they can and they try to get past them without coming into contact with them or at the very least entering into a conversation. They just want to get past, but not Jesus. He saw their pain. Why do you think Jesus did that? Why would we try and avoid them and yet Jesus sees their pain? Isn't it interesting that one of the characteristics of Jesus was that rather than avoid people in pain, he seemed to always move towards them. He always found himself in the proximity of people who seemed to be hurting. I can only think this is because Jesus is the hope of the world. Not everyone experiences the thrill of success at the same level, but if you live long enough, all of us experience heartache and pain. And nothing opens you up to the need for hope more than pain. Nothing gets our attention like pain. It's instantaneous. And Jesus is God incarnate. In Psalm 34 it says, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. Jesus doesn't make his way towards pain. He's always there. And that's the good news for us, just to know that Jesus draws near to us and it should be our hope as a church that like Jesus draws close to us, we draw close to those who are in pain. This is not a resort for saints. It's a hospital for sinners, a place of healing for those who are in pain. So where is your pain? today. We've had events occur very recently that have seen many in our church grieving. And if that is you today, then Jesus just wants you to know that he is near. Some may be heartbroken. Just know that Jesus is close to your pain. When you are in a place of need and pain, That's when you truly appreciate what Jesus offers. Each and every member of this church has had access to people who are in pain. And when you step into someone's moment of pain, when they're at a low point, there's a readiness and an openness for them to receive the gospel. And we've talked about that so many times from this pulpit. As we enter this third wave of the pandemic, all the experts are telling us that our state, our country, 
are at the front end of a tidal wave of grief that we will experience because of who and what we have lost. We need to be a church of hope that seeks out those in pain and says, how can I help you? Now is the time when we can serve our communities that are dealing with pain by bringing the hope of the gospel to them. Jesus was always close to those in pain. He always showed up when people in pain. Now I know it's seriously uncomfortable to turn up when somebody is in pain. It can be really awkward. But we need to move past that. Some of our dear friends, while experiencing the third wave of COVID and suffering again, need our help. So does our community. Often those in pain are not looking for you to say anything, but just value your presence. If you know somebody is hurting, just get over the awkwardness and just show up. And if you're going to Basil's place, make sure you take a Minion movie with you. Bring the presence of God and your life and your friendship and God will use that as a part of the healing process. This leper would say that Jesus saw him when nobody else did. We need to do the same. Secondly, I think this leper might have said, do you know what? It's easier to have faith when you're sick than when you're well. He might have said that he had observed that when the ten of them were sick and Jesus told them to walk and take a step of faith, he said, go and see the priest and they obeyed him as soon as they possibly could. They left. They were racing to the synagogue. But in so doing, in taking that step of faith, they were cleansed and healed. They didn't have to get to the synagogue. What Jesus had asked them to do in truth was pretty ridiculous when you think about it. Because the only reason that a leper would show a priest was that he was healed. You would only go to the priest after you were sure that you were healed, that your sores had turned to scars as we talked about earlier. But Jesus didn't say to them, you're healed. And then later tell them to go and see the priest. What he said was, go. And as they went, they were healed. Almost any time God is moving in our lives, he's going to ask us to take a step of faith. And let's be honest, when you're at the end of your rope, at your lowest point, it's a whole lot easier to take that step. Many of us have prayed the prayer, God, if you get me out of this situation, I'll give you my life. And that's a good prayer to pray when you're at your absolute worst. For the ten lepers who were in that situation when Jesus said, go, they saw it as their last chance of healing. And they went, and they went immediately. Now, I'm sure that if I was one of those lepers, I might have yelled out to Jesus, could you at least fix my deformed limb or maybe regrow the toes and fingers that I've lost before I go to the priest. Heal me first. But then they might have thought back to Moses as he stood with the Israelites at the edge of the Red Sea where the entire Israelite nation was at the shoreline being chased by the greatest army on the planet 
at that time. They're begging God to do something. And what has God asked Moses to do? Take his staff and raise it in the air. Now, I don't know about you, but if I'm Moses, I'm thinking, God, that just doesn't sound like enough. Give me a, you got any better ideas than that? Because me raising my staff. But he did. Raised his staff, the waters parted, and over a million Israelites made their way through on dry ground. Forty years later, Joshua is standing at the banks of the flooded Jordan River. And he says to God, what do we do? Now, being from Queensland, we all know, because we've heard years of government advertising, that what he should have done is, if it's flooded, forget it. (laughs) But God directs Joshua to walk into the flooded river. Now, here's a thought. When do you think Joshua's last swimming lesson was? Do you think he ever had one? Thankfully, there were no concrete walkways, cars or pontoons floating down the Jordan. But you can imagine what a step of faith that was for a nation of non-swimmers. As they get into the river, the water recedes and they cross on dry land. So often, this is how God moves in our lives. God, would you heal my addiction? No problem. Why don't you go to the men's group on Monday evenings at the church and tell them your problem? Then, after that step of faith, we can talk about it. It's as we take those steps and move forward in faith that we realise that God is starting to heal our addiction. COVID has seen a lot of us go through difficult times. Maybe God is calling on you to take that step of faith. Maybe the leper would say, do you know what? Take the step of faith. It is so much easier while you're hurting than while you're well. Ten out of ten of the lepers took that step when they were sick and outcast and at their lowest point. But only one of the ten took that step after he was healed and came back to Jesus. Now, it's easy to criticise the lepers, but honestly... What would you do if you had leprosy or let's say coronavirus and you'd been separated from your family for a significant period of time and you were suddenly healed by Christ? Think you'd turn around and go back? Or would you go to those that loved you and say, look, I'm clean, I'm healed. I can be a part of my family again. I think I would probably fall into the latter Only one of them came back. Why? Maybe he had a revelation. Maybe he was thinking, I just had an encounter with the high priest. Not just a priest, but the one. I'm going back to him who healed me, and so he does. Just like when he was healed, he takes another step of faith. But this time, in the opposite direction, this time it's towards Christ It may be easier to walk in faith when we're sick, but most of us today here are healed. What do we do to continue to live in faith, to serve, to connect with people, to live out that faith when we're well? Finally, I think the last thing the leper would say to us was that he came back because he had this realisation that the real prize is the healer 
not the healing. One of the central themes of this passage is that gratitude to God is indispensable evidence of grace received. We sang about it twice this morning. Isn't that amazing? Our faith is based on three simple principles. We feel guilty. We seek grace. We give him our gratitude. But this is not a story about a man who wrote a thank you note to someone who gave him a gift. This is a man who had a fatal disease from which he was healed and the only appropriate response at that moment was to do what he did. It was to run back and throw himself at the feet of Jesus. To worship him and give him the glory. The only thing that you could do in response to a touch from God if he was to heal you would be to worship him. You bring that sacrifice of thanksgiving and that's what the leper did. I wonder if there were people standing on that road to Jerusalem watching this man return and fall at the feet of Jesus in the dust. They might think his actions seemed a little bit of an overkill. On the other hand, I think the leper would say, if you knew Jesus and what he did for me, you would have done exactly the same thing. Maybe some of us here in the church this morning for the first time and you've seen people raising their hands in worship and you say to yourself, oh, that looks a bit over the top. Maybe you should go and ask those people that you saw with their hands in the air, what's God done for you? And maybe their story might make you realise that you wish God would do the same for you and the next time when he has, you can't help but raise your hands in the air. Now, we've all suffered from spiritual leprosy. We've all been afflicted with this disease that separates us from God. It's a disease we call sin. I do not need to convince you of how much sin you have in your life. You walked through the doors this morning fully aware of that. Maybe why you're here. Maybe we should all be walking around yelling out, unclean, unclean, from a distance. In Isaiah 1, 6-7 we read, Your whole head is injured, your whole heart afflicted, from the sole of your foot to the top of your head. There is no soundness, only wounds and bruises and open sores, not cleansed or bandaged or soothed with oil. We're all leprous through sin and there is no part of us that is untouched by it. We should be yelling, unclean, unclean, and calling out fervently for mercy and grace. Jesus said, come unto me, all who are heavy laden. Look at these ten men. Have you ever, have you ever seen such heavily laden men in a group? No one told them to cry out when they met Jesus, but they knew they were hopeless and they knew that there was only one who could save them and spontaneously they cried out for him to have pity on them. They were so conscious of their need of cleansing and new life and deliverance. Are you? When others get close to us, it's easy for them to see our pain to see the label that this culture often puts upon us because of the issues that we have. But when Jesus comes into your life, 
He cleanses you of that sin. The only appropriate response is to throw yourself at his feet, worship him and be grateful. And so Jesus asked this Samaritan, didn't I heal ten men? Where were the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? Now, I'm not a Greek scholar. I do like my big fat Greek wedding and from there I realised that all, all things have a Greek origin. So I, I, went, and looked these, I went and looked this up because this is a pretty important point that we all need to take. So the Greek word that Jesus uses for heal when he sends the ten away is the same as the word we use for catheter. It's a medical term that means physical healing. Jesus healed those ten men physically, but when the one came back to him and worshipped God, brought his gratitude to the feet of Jesus, he tells him to go away, your faith has healed you. But in this instance, he uses a different term. He uses the Greek term sozo, which can be translated as saved, healed, delivered, prospered, protected, or as in this case, made whole. So nine lepers settled for a transactional physical healing with Jesus, but one returned to the feet of Jesus and he left whole, healed completely in mind, body and in soul. And that's the invitation that Jesus has for each and every one of us. Jesus wants to make you whole. He doesn't just want to heal you. In this church, we've seen so many people healed and we've seen many people prayed for healing but not receive it. And that's okay. Because I think this leper would say to you, the prize is the healer and we all have access to him. The healing is great, but the thing that can make you whole is the healer himself. I don't know where you are today. Maybe you're just painfully aware of the areas in your life that are unclean. You and you alone know what they are. Maybe it's something that you have done. Maybe it's a label that others attach to you or perhaps that you attach to yourself. Maybe it's a terminal diagnosis just like the lepers have been given. Maybe you feel like saying to people, stay away, I'm unclean. I'm praying that God will do both. For some that means he'll just heal you. For others, it means he'll make us whole. The whole word, sozo, It's the same word used in Romans 10.9 that says that if you would confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be sozoed, saved, prospered, made whole. Jesus can bring that a healing. It's just so much greater than anything you might be praying for. He can make you right with God. That's what we need to pray. Having had an encounter with God here today, we'll be like the one leper who would not settle for just an answer to his prayer, but also seek God's grace, his love, 
and a faith that as we walk away makes us whole. Praise God. Okay. Sorry. Okay, let us pray. Father, we thank you for every heart that's here today, every heart that leans into you and says, Jesus, I want to be made whole. Only you can do that. So we do our part. We confess our sin and open our hearts to you. We know our sins. We know that they separate us from you. But we know that you are Lord and that you have cleansed us from all unrighteousness by taking all of our leprosy, all of our sin on the cross so that we could be clean, so that we could be healed, so that we could truly be made whole. For those who are here this morning are in pain or grieving, I praise God that you're right where they need you, right in the midst of it. That you would show us the areas of our lives where your presence is needed. And for those of us who are doing well, that you would help us to be a people that live out our faith. That we are aware of those who are in pain, just like you are to bring that hope and that healing to our communities and that all of us would walk away from this encounter with you whole, saved, healed, for we fall at your feet and worship you to give glory to God and say thank you for what you've done in our lives. Praise you, Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Rock Christian Church Podcast. To be notified when the next episode is available, subscribe on our website at therock.org.au You can also connect with us on Facebook at The Rock Christian Church. We hope you have been blessed today and we look forward to you joining us for our next episode.